This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live and local continues today until 5 o'clock. That is when Cody Tapp will bring you the Royals pregame show as they're in Cleveland. Royals playing pretty good ball in the second half. Bit fun to watch. Nick Price to answer your question. Brooks Kepka minus seven. Okay. Brooks is getting there, man. Like he's he's close for me to be in that specific Hall of Fame that I like to mention. I know which Hall of Fame you're talking about. Yeah, the Horny Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know who gets there first. If Brooks wins a major this year, if he wins, not this year, but if he wins this major, he's in. And if Cody Bellinger wins MVP this year, he's in. Speaking of a guy that's almost in there as well, Whit Merrifield. The Royals, since the All-Star break, are 6-2. and two. Again, for breaking news on the Royals, they have designated Willie Peralta for assignment and have called up Josh Stalmont. Uh, who is rocking a very fantastic, very fantastic mustache. I don't know if it's like the same type of mustache that uh, Kramer's rocking, which, by the way, he's rocking a pretty mean stash as well. Uh, that guy Kramer, you can hear him on uh, BK's show, The Lead Off, as he produces that show every Saturday morning from 10 to 12. Also, if you want more, uh, if you like more information on uh, 610 Sports Radio, we also have a podcast page called uh, The 435 Podcast. Our boss, Steven Spector, is a degenerate gambler, and he has a gambling podcast. Uh, when it's hockey season, Jason Katz of KMBZ. That's weird to say. Um, that is weird. Yeah, good for him, though. Moving mm-hmm. on up. Uh, he has a Pucket podcast where he talks about all things hockey. Steven Serta does one where he takes uh, popular movies or TV shows and gives his reviews on it. Uh, Ron Hughley does one with his wife. Also, there's a K-State podcast. I do one. Nick Price does one. It's all fun and games on uh, 435 Podcast Network. So like, subscribe, whatever you like. We like to be uh, as as much around as we possibly possibly can. Um, it was pretty obvious last night that uh, Peralta was going to get DFA'd. Um, I guess he was. You know, he was arguing with the catcher. Couldn't get on the same page. Um. But uh, the thing that's interesting about the Royals, which I bring up another type of skepticism debate, are the Royals really good in the second half or do they just play teams that just don't care as much as the Royals in the second half? I think it's a good point. I mean, I think that if you're a team like the White Sox or the Tigers or the Royals, really, that are all 15 games or more out of their division – you kind of start to lose a little bit of interest in grinding those games out and trying to get that win because in the second half of the season, it ultimately doesn't really matter that much. Exactly. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, exactly. And so, like, 
what makes me think about this is that I don't want to take anything away from what the starting pitching's been in that White Sox series. I tweeted it out. Nick Price, you wrote it down today. Junis had that 7-inning, 1-earned, 10-K, 2 walks. Sparkman went a complete game, no earn, 8Ks, 1 walk. Duffy went 6, 2-earned, 5Ks, a walk. Keller, 6-1, 2-earned, 7Ks, 2 walks. That's fine in games. That White Sox lineup is loaded, right? That White Sox team also, for those of you that are baseball nerds, that White Sox team was supposed to turn the corner this year. Mm -hmm. And I love that White Sox team. Tim Anderson, Abreu, Moncada, their their number one prospect, uh, Kopich, was on the DL with Tommy John. Giolito had been doing well this year. And everything kind of seemed like maybe it was going to happen, and it just didn't happen. And they're under 500. They start the second half off with almost like a lethargic attitude of like, oh, we just don't care. Um, and the Royals come in and they sweep them. You know, because the way that you look at a team that went 30 and 61 in the first half, they look at the second half like, oh, clean slate. Uh, this is a team that's kind of in still a rebuild, rebuild mode. I got to earn my stripes for next year. So that gives them motivation to play harder. Whereas a team like Chicago, who's got everybody up, like this is their team. This is what they have banked on. They're not going anywhere. So if it doesn't work this year, it's got to work next year. If it doesn't work next year, it's got to work the year after that. But everybody's here for the Chicago White Sox. Also, you play the Detroit Tigers. And the Detroit Tigers are a team that had pretty much said, screw it. This year sucks. We're done. We still have all this damn money wrapped up in Miguel Cabrera, who's on the downside of his of his career, which I get it. This isn't me being a hater. This isn't me saying that I think the Royals are just playing bad teams. But when it comes to the second half, and again, last year you said it last week's episode, the Royals are only five games under 500 last year. Mm -hmm. How many of those games did they play a Tigers team that didn't care? How many times did they play the White Sox team that didn't care? How many times did they play teams in the other American League divisions that just didn't care, but the Royals did because O'Hearn wants to play for a spot, Mondesi wants to prove that he wants to be on the roster, Keller wants to be a better pitcher. They've got guys that haven't quite made officially their spot on the roster knowing there's guys behind them that eventually are going to get that call up. And now they've kind of got to play hard. And like we've said, Whit Merrifield, I'm sorry. Whit Merrifield is a great player. What Whit Merrifield's doing is fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from Whit Merrifield. In fact, we have his stats this year. He's got a 3.1 war. He's slugging 511. His OPS is 876. And his OPB is 365. Batting 313. Exactly. Which batting average is a little... It's outdated, but 313, familiar, though, you 313 yeah. jumps on the page. Yeah, for right? sure. Like, you wouldn't get mad at Jorge Soler for hitting, like, 254 because he's not an average hitter. Right. That doesn't jump on the page. But you look at the exit velo consistency on Jorge Soler. You look at the home run numbers on Jorge Soler. RBI. And the OPS and the OPS Plus, mm -hmm. which the OPS Plus is just the adjusted stadium um, and, the, and, the, and the type of climate that they're in. So when it comes to baseball in the second half, Again, we go, to the, we go to the skepticism type of thing. Are the Royals really playing that much better, or are they just playing teams that don't care? Because Ned Yost said something the other day in his audio. Um, someone asked him after they had swept the White Sox. I believe that was a Thursday afternoon. They had swept the White Sox, and somebody says, what is it about this team, Ned, that is you know different in the second half? And he goes, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell. I don't know what it is. I think they just 
they have a they have a more desire and more hunger to play. That may be true. That might be something that is extremely accurate. Maybe when it becomes July and August and September, things are a little bit different. Now here's another side of this part where I defend the other side. Other teams know after 100 games pretty much where the season's going to go. We can do a topic sometime soon where we think baseball should be cut down from 162 to 145. And you could spread it out more. And you could really zone in on pretty much who the teams are in a baseball season after 140 games, whereas you don't need those extra 22 games to decide a team's fate. Now, the other thing that I will defend on why the Royals are playing well is that it is still only July. Like, not all teams have given up yet. The White Sox coming into that game were, I mean, they weren't that many games under 500. There is two wild card spots to play for, and in baseball, things get weird. I understand that. That's not what I'm getting at. It is fine to believe that, yes, I'm a baseball fan. I enjoy baseball. The Royals are playing really good baseball. But I can tell you right now, they're still 20 and a half games out of the division. They're playing a White Sox team that is 43 and 51. They played a Tigers team that is 29 and 64. You remember the how bad people were trashing the Royals about how bad their record was? Yeah. They're now 36 and 63. The Tigers are 29 and 64. Grain of salt there. You look at the wild card standings, the Royals are still 24 and a half games out of the wild card. They literally have nothing to play for except for where they belong in the future, and they're going to play a lot of teams that are way out of it. They're still going to play Baltimore, 33 games out of the wild card game. They're still going to play Detroit, who's 29 and 64. They're still going to play the Toronto Blue Jays coming up, who are 37 and 62. So there's a lot going on when it comes to are the Royals really playing better, or are they just playing in a league where teams are now just to the point where they're not so apathetic anymore towards the season because in April and May, everybody's got a shot. Whereas like mid-July, early August, everybody kind of knows their fate. I mean, I think you hit it earlier because while a lot of other teams aren't as motivated right now because they're kind of out of it and, you know, they've got established players, it's the same thing that we saw last year is that with the Royals, once you get those Rena players out of there and you've got young guys trying to fight to solidify that spot in the lineup, at least until those young guys are called up, then these guys are motivated and they're trying to come out here and put the best baseball that they can on tape and put up numbers and claim that spot for the next couple years. And so I think that that's a big part of it is once all those rented players that they're trying to trade away, either get traded away or cut or whatever ends up happening to them. And it's just a bunch of young guys fighting for their future here. That gives them a little bit more motivation than say a white Sox team who already has the future here and they're just having an off season. I'm really glad that you agreed with me. Um, but the thing about that I will make this more of a non-hater type of segment, because I try to give you both sides of it, and mm -hmm. Nick just kind of reiterated that. If you do like watching baseball, and this team that the Royals, I think, I'm safe to say, has no chance of making the playoffs. I think it's pretty safe. Go watch Whit Merrifield. And I think that this is interesting to say because Whit Merrifield will be fun to watch the rest of the year. Whit Merrifield leads the league and triples with nine and hits in 130. That cat has 130 hits already. You know what he had last year? 192. 62 more hits, and he's tied his career high. 
He's also already got 415 at-bats, and when you look at 415 at-bats with 130 hits, he ain't walking much. In fact, he's only walked 32 times in 415 at-bats. Whit Merrifield is a guy that when you watch a team that technically has nothing to play for, he's going to show you why you should watch a team. They don't have to play for a lot of playoff spots, but when they start calling these guys up, like Stalmont, who, by the way, breaking news for the Royals, got called up because they sent Willie Peralta out, this team's going to do things that you like. Are they going to be competitive? I sure the hell hope so because they're going to play teams like Detroit that have 29 game win, 29 wins and a team in Chicago that is a little snooty because they're not as good as they should have been. I promised you we'd get to Royals talks, but next time we got to have this next segment coming up where we're going to have a little bit of fun. It's been a little bit serious today, but Mahomes went on vacation, and for me, it's exactly the type of vacation you wanted to see your 23-year-old quarterback have. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. From the text line, as we like to give the people on the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line 69306. Boy, that weather looks gnarly at the open. Yeah. The open Shane Lowry leads at minus 14. Behind him is... Tommy Fleetwood at, I believe, what was it, 12? I think so. And then Brooks Kepka at 9-under in sole possession of third place. So uh, the foreign man's tournament, the American man leads uh, or is off by four shots. God, if he wins that, if he wins this tournament in Shane Lowry's hometown who leads this ter- current tournament, that, that'll get you in the Horny Hall of Fame. Uh, but from the text line, 69306, Dusty, I got my PS4 set up and I got Madden 19. Let me know if you want that L. Lance, I'll play you when I get Madden 20 and I got Mahomes with the uh, bazooka, bazooka. Sh- bazooka arm. Nice analysis, Nick. You should have been a criminal lawyer. Huh. From the 785, Dusty Likens, you remember that the truth is usually somewhere in the middle of two extremes. Believe it. Can we designate Dusty for assignment and start Nick? That's how you get blocked from the text line. Dusty, we're I like up- it. What? Don't block him. But why would you want me to leave? I don't want you to leave. But you just but said you But that's the same it. guy that's always like, hey, Nick's doing a great job. And so, like, you know, positive reinforcement. Yeah, it's Grizzly Chief on Twitter. If you want to follow him, go follow him. Yeah, no, I know who it is. He unfollowed me because he doesn't like me. Oh. oh. Are you doing all right? I'm, trust me, I'm fine. You're fine. With my 786 followers. Woo. Such a huge number. Flexing on him. Yeah, your leaderboard, Tommy Fleetwood at, or I'm sorry, Shane Lowry at minus 14. Tommy Fleetwood at minus 12. J.B. Holmes at minus nine, just ahead of time, let you know. Coverage will start an hour earlier tomorrow for those of you that want to watch the Open at 1.30 in the morning as opposed to 2.30 in the morning. Um, good luck with that. Going to pull do- an all-nighter watch that? No. Me no. neither. I got to be up here tomorrow to produce the Royals game for a young Cody Tapp. Um, <laughs> just a reminder, Tiger Woods isn't 24 anymore. He's not that same kid from 99. Yeah. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mention Tiger Woods because he pissed me off this week. I don't know what the hell happened on Thursday. He had a little bit of a grimace when he hit out of the rough, and I was like, oh, no. And then he reported yesterday uh, after missing the cut. He's like, I just want some time off. I want to get away from it. I, it's weird to say about Tiger Woods that he is still all in when he makes a comment like that because he won the Masters this year, first major since 08, and then now he's like, I just want to get away from it all, which is fine. Which now, basically, 
unless you're in the FedEx Cup Series, golf's over after this weekend because of the yeah. new arrangement in golf. Speaking of something that's not over is Patrick Mahomes' love affair with this team and this town and myself. I know in radio you shouldn't be a homer. Hey, Goatman, I like you too. He just texted that in. I saw that. Um, that shot spray they have looks like the Iron Throne. Um, but Patrick Mahomes went on vacation, and I don't want to take anything out of it other than we already know he's in my horny Hall of Fame. Select company. He, Bryce Harper, um, Aaron Rodgers, the three. But what Patrick Mahomes did on his vacation, I believe, is the fact that this is exactly what you want to see from your quarterback who's 23, almost 24 years old, right? Like when I was a 23-year-old kid, getting ready to turn 24, if there was a camera on me, I would never be anywhere near this place because I was going back to my college town and partying with my friends. I was going to PL. I was going to Westport. I was going to Kelly's, and I was standing front and center of the band that plays in the middle of that bar. Mm-hmm. And at 2.30 in the morning, I was getting a slice of za, maybe three. I was going to Lawrence, Kansas, and going to the wheel and getting extra honey to put on my crust. Shout out, Wheel Pizza. But the thing about it is, Patrick Mahomes, this is what you want, right? 23 years old, 24 years old, almost 24. And Kramer, don't piss me off. And the thing about this is the fact that he goes to a trip, Florida Keys, Sanibel Island, somewhere southeast. Yeah. And what's he doing? He's fishing. He's playing football on the beach. He's riding a damn horse in the water. That, to me, is almost jumping the shark. That, to me, is a little close to jumping the shark when he's literally trotting on a horse in the ocean Mm -hmm. with a cowboy hat on. Yeah. And, uh, but that's fine because you brought up a good point. When the New York Giants went on vacation, they had some, uh, some extra activities rolled up in a mm-hmm. shell. Yeah, that famous, that infamous picture on the boat. Shirtless and everything like that mm-hmm. and all that and the criticism it got. Find me, and I'll wait, find me one person who has criticized Patrick Mahomes going on this vacation. Now, I know there is a video where he's reeling in a, in a, in a catch and you got Travis Kelsey pouring a beer down Dieter's throat. They're on a boat. No one's driving. No one is doing anything obscure or dangerous or in harm to themselves. And again, I don't know how much trouble I'm getting for this. I support anything that is marijuana. I think the studies of it are different. I think the time's different. I just think it's a different time for marijuana, so the Giants thing didn't rub me the wrong way. Yeah. Those guys get blasted. The timing of it was terrible. Right, before a playoff game. Right. Was that what it was? I think so, yeah. yeah. It was like right after the Right season. before a playoff game, they are out there with what, Bieber? Is mm-hmm. that what it was? It was like Odell and like Shepard and all those guys out there with Bieber getting getting blazed out of their mind, which, again, I'm not here to do all that. What I'm here to say is that if your quarterback, who is the reigning MVP, what's a better vacation than his close-snitch boys with their girls or wives or fiancés and having a nice, calm, relaxing trip to where the most serious thing that you could possibly 
most possibly get mad about is Travis Kelsey taking a beer bottle and, and giving uh, Dieter a little bit of a, of a fountain chug. That's fine. Neither one of them have keys in their hand. Neither one of them do anything else. Patrick Mahomes doing this, having this type of lifestyle at 23 years old is everything that you should look toward. What's he going to do when he's 30? This seems more like the kind of vacation that you would take in your mid to late 30s. Right. At the end of your career, like, hey, let's just, like, get the ladies. Let's go down. Let's have a nice, relaxing beach vacation. We'll do a little horseback riding excursion. In the water. Yeah. We'll go uh, We'll go fishing, you know, maybe toss pigskin around on the beach. Like, that is very tame as far as 23-year-olds' vacations go, especially if you got millions of dollars in the bank, too. Which he doesn't, um, but he will soon. Yeah, he's got endorsement millions. money yeah, and stuff. No, he's though. got yeah, he's got. Tons. But you know, like if I had that kind of money, well, so yeah, a rookie I, deal. You know, like I'm 24 years old. I don't want to know what you. Do I'm with just that saying, money. like a lot of people I've my seen, age would be going out with all their boys and I've seen going what you've crazy, done with going 20, to Vegas. I've stuff. seen what you've done with 27 dollars in your account. Yeah, I know. You got to um, stretch these things, right? Make it happen. And the thing about it is, like, that's another thing where I where I take a Mahomes topic, right? And I try to make it a little bit more. Um, a little bit more uh, enticing to you because you can talk about Mahomes throwing the ball out of a stadium, which we did. You can talk about how Mahomes is more polished than other quarterbacks. You can talk about how he's not Josh Allen when it comes to making threats. And he can be funny when he needs to be funny. Like he had a video where they did real-life Madden ratings. I don't know if you saw this or not. They did real-life Madden ratings where he is funny. And he is, he is I guess, cute as a lot of people like to could because he was a 23-year-old kid. But the other thing about it is, you look at what Tom Brady's doing. Now Tom Brady's trying to be trendy like Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like, after Mahomes rides to the ocean on a horse, Tom Brady's on a horse. Tom Brady's out uh, shooting a shotgun at uh, Clay Pigeons, and he's tagging Mahomes in it. Shotgun Saturday, shotgun Sundays like Patrick Mahomes. 23 years old, he's trendy, he's likable, he's lovable, and he's everything you want in Kansas City. I don't know how much more I can reiterate into your cranium. Patrick Mahomes is everything you could have possibly waited for, and I know it took a long time, but, hell, even his vacation time seems like he is so far beyond his years and so far beyond where he's at that even the text line, 816, they are effing adults on vacation. Listener, 800-8135. Glad that you listened to the show and Vern, great show, funny show. There goes Clint the Mailman. But the thing about it is I know it's something that's very small, like a vacation, but can be persuaded as something way bigger than that because you look at somebody that went to the ocean, rode a horse, played catch with his boys on the beach. Nobody got out of control. Nobody got arrested. Nobody got in trouble. And he's your quarterback, and he's still a leader on vacation like he is on the field. Um, the NBA, a very, very big team, got dethroned from their, uh, from their uh, iron throne. I think it's time the Patriots follow suit. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Got to get to this. Also need to remind you, Therese Paler coming up in a little less than an hour, 2.30, here on uh, Out of Bounds with Nick Price and myself, Dusty Likens. You can follow us both on Twitter. Uh, at Nick Price KC, you can follow me at Dusty Likens. That is L-I-K-I-N-S. Uh, it is pronounced Likens, not Lickens. Kramer, who is an employee of 610 Sports Radio, who I know is driving in his car right now, 
Just send in a text to the text line. You can do that as well. It's the Protein House Eat With A Purpose text line 69306. Saying that Aaron Rodgers and Bryce Harper are overrated. I'm just going to run through Bryce Harper's slash this year. 260, 373, 479, 852. Pretty solid. Pretty good. He has 17 home runs. He has 28 doubles and 63 walks. Yeah, that's not overrated. I think that you made a good point that a lot of people compare Harper and Trout, which is the most unfair possible thing you can do. They just kind of get lumped together because, because they came, of came up, up at the same time and they were both young guys and all that. Right. Um, Which is super unfair because Mike Trout is literally, I'm, I'm, I know that we're always preaching skepticism, but Bryce Harper and Mike Trout are not the same baseball player because Mike Trout is the best baseball player to ever play baseball. That's it. Like, you got to think about this, man. Like, Mike Trout doesn't get pitches to see. And when he does, he does not miss them. That's Mike Trout. I'm just saying, Bryce Harper, not overrated. Aaron Rodgers, also not underrated. Let's see what Rodgers does this year now that McCarthy's out and they got a new offensive scheme and they don't have that bullheaded fight against a fight. From the text line, we just talked about uh, Patrick Mahomes' vacation. They said, this sounds like an Alex Smith vacation. Exactly. That's exactly what we want. Alex Smith is like 33, 34 years old, 35. That's what those type of guys do. Patrick Mahomes is 23. You think a 23-year-old want to go to, like, Colorado, man, or they'd want to go to, like, California? Vegas yeah, Vegas. Yeah. Nah, man. Mahomes knows where to go. He took his honey with him. He took his players who took their honeys with him, and they ran routes on the beach. They rode horses in the ocean, but that's not where we go. We go here because this year with the Chiefs, I believe it is all about Super Bowl or bust. I'm not saying that they have to win the Super Bowl. I'm saying you got to get there. And from the text line, the Protein House, E with a Purpose text line, 69306, feel free to join in on this segment. Somebody already has from the 913. Win a ring and Mahomes and the Chiefs. If you win a ring, it says this again. Win a ring, Mahomes and the Chiefs, then I'll truly buy in. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Because if you grew up in the 90s watching this team, your heart was ripped out a ton by John Elway, um, by Marty Schottenheimer, Marty Ball. My buddy's dad still can't stand those years because of how many times his heart has just been ripped out and stomped on. And there's a lot of people like that. But for me, the New England Patriots have been on the top for a very, very long time. And Nick Price pissed me off this morning as he said, everybody says that we all say that the Patriots dynasty is over this year and then it never is. And I had to look him dead in the eye and say, Nick, I have never said that. And then he had to I look me both. in the eye and say, I don't mean we as you and I. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that think that maybe this is the end of the year. It seems like every year people are having the same conversation of, well, it's got to end sometime, so I think it's going to be this year. And guess what? They won the Super Bowl last year. Right. And the only reason they were there is because the guy was offsides. Facts are facts. 
Now for and also a defense couldn't get a team off the field three third and ten three straight times. Mm-hmm. Now for me, when it comes to the Chiefs this year, they've got one obstacle in their way. I think that they are better than the Chargers. I think they are better than the Raiders. I think they're better than the Broncos. Division should not be the issue. It's the Patriots. And where similarities come with me, with the Patriots, and the dethrone of the top spot, it's very similar to what the Golden State Warriors had this year. Now I get it. The Golden State Warriors hit a freakish end to their season where Klay Thompson blew out his knee, Kevin Durant blew out his Achilles tendon, and they went down. But where you look at the similarities in that is basketball is a long season, especially if you go to the playoffs. Age begins to wear you down. Court sports are different than grass sports or turf sports, whatever you want to call football. But it's the same thing. The Patriots consistently get to the playoffs. They consistently go to the championship game or the Super Bowl. And for me, that eventually is going to wear you down. Gronk's gone. Right? There's no more Gronkowski. I don't know what we'll get from Julian Edelman this year. And I remember, Nick, a couple years ago when Peyton Manning was in preseason and he was throwing around passes, and I went, either he's not in shape or that arm is gone. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that everybody – actually, I know everybody is, is, is different when it comes to genetics. And maybe Tom Brady's got people that we don't know or Tom Brady is a cyborg and his arm's never going to get tired. But if there was ever a year where it could turn, it could be this year. You look at what the Chiefs roster looks like, and you have the MVP or the reigning MVP at quarterback. You have a top five receiver, the top tight end, and you have an offensive line that is well above average. You have a right tackle that is one of the best in the game. You have a defense that has been revamped. And a defensive coordinator that has some sort of postseason experience and knows how to get a team playing in the type of zone that they want to play. This, this could be the year that if the Patriots are dethroned, you would think the Chiefs would be the logical choice. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl along with the Patriots. Only one team can emerge from the AFC. And if the Chiefs can do it in a way that I think that the Golden State Warriors had it happen to them, it's a whole new NFL. Because you look at how this Chiefs team is. They have the so-called leader like Kawhi was with the Raptors, just stone-cold, cold-blooded, can make the shots, can make the throws. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard took the Raptors to the finals and won. And he had what? Not that great of a team? He had a decent team? He didn't have a great team? Far and away the best player on that team. Was Kawhi Leonard. Patrick Mahomes has talent around his team. And last year, the narrative around the Chiefs to give them a similarity to the to the NBA was the Chiefs are very similar to the Golden State Warriors. Whereas the Golden State Warriors had Draymond, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay. The Chiefs have Tyreek, Travis, Watkins, Mahomes. Very easy to compare. The Chiefs are built for success in the future because their oldest player when it comes to those four guys is 29 years old in Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill, 25. Patrick Mahomes, 23. Sammy Watkins, 25, 26. And Andy Reid, who is like a fine wine, gets better as it goes on. He finds out new schemes. Andy Reid's playbook never stays the same. Just like a Pinot Noir 
from 2013 is going to taste different in 2016, but it's still going to be an elegant type of wine. This Chiefs team can dethrone the Patriots. This team should dethrone the Patriots. And if and when they do, you're looking at the new team that's going to sit on the throne. That's just the way it should be this year when it comes to the 2019-2020 Kansas City Chiefs, 2019-2020 New England Patriots. Yeah, we throw around that term, Super Bowl or bust, a lot. But that's what it is this year. And it's all about, like you said, it's all about getting past the Patriots. We'll see the Chiefs hit the road to take on the Patriots in week 14. And that's going to be a nice little preview to see what you probably will see in the AFC Championship game. Especially that time of year. Yeah, especially that time of year. And also, with the way that both Patriots games went last year, of it seemed like the Chiefs totally could have won both of those games, but just made a couple mistakes that ultimately you can kind of attribute to the youth. Like, coming out of the gate slow, and then, you know, the everything that happened at the end of the AFC Championship game, the defense, all of that. A lot of that comes back to youth, and we'll see if that experience can make the Chiefs take that next step, get past the juggernaut of the Patriots, and set that dynasty off. End it. Yeah. Yeah. Send it off. Yeah, I don't know. I I lost my train of thought there, but you know what I'm trying to say. This could be the the step where they finally get past the Patriots, and the Patriots are finally done. And like you said, people say it for years, and until number 12 or TB12 is out of the NFL, they won't stop doubting the Patriots because you shouldn't. And I'm not saying that you should. I'm just saying if there was ever a year that was going to be the best year to do it, this year that the Chiefs do, that should be the year. Because what do the Chiefs do? They got better. What do the Patriots do? They got worse. I don't mean they got a lot worse. I'm just saying they lost the best tight end to ever play the NFL. That's a debate you can have another day between he and Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez and Kellen Winslow. You could have that debate. But the Patriots didn't get better. The Chiefs did. And what caused the Chiefs to lose last year in that AFC Championship game? D Ford and that defense. What did they do this year? They got rid of D Ford and they got Frank Clark, who's clearly better. They got rid of Bob Sutton for Steve Spagnuolo, which I don't think is a lot better, but he's better than Bob it's Sutton. Got to be better. And you've got yourself ready to keep going forward. This team reminds me a lot of like that 2000, and we talked about it earlier. As training camp starts next week, 610 will be there. Arrowhead Pride will be there. First open practice to the public begins at 330. And all I can tell you is it's going to look a lot like Kansas City in 2015 and 16, or 2014 and 15 with the Kansas City Royals. Camp's going to be outrageous. The year before, they got all the way there. Royals lost in game seven to the Giants. A lot of people say 90 feet away with Alex Gordon. And last year, the Chiefs lost by four feet because D Ford couldn't stay on sides or on sides. And they know what this next year can bring. Get your division out of the way and get everything else out of the way and get to where you need to get and take care of business. That's exactly what the Royals did because they were hungry and they got better. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did. They're hungry and they got better. Last thing before we get to the break here, it's a lot like that NBA analogy of where teams are building their squad to try to beat Golden State, to try to knock off Golden State. That's what the Chiefs are doing right now. They are building up their team to try to beat and try to knock off the New England Patriots. And then once you do that, let your dynasty reign. Coming up, there's a guy that won a couple Super Bowls, and he likes Patrick Mahomes. He's also got a giant forehead, and he's hilarious. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. 
Coming up at 3 o'clock, it's overtime with Kristen Acero, Jillian Carroll, and Julio Sanchez. Uh, Brandon Kylie and Jillian Carroll will be in the media game today for the Sporting KC halftime show. Uh, by the way, if you're going to that game, you are allowed to take a up to a 20-ounce bottle of water as long as you don't break the seal. And not in the way that Jay Binkley breaks the seal, but in the way of don't twist the water cap off because when you get to the gates, they will break the seal for you. Then you can refill that water bottle up as much as you want throughout the park because it is a scorcher out there. That's nice, though, because usually you got to go buy like a $6, $7 drink and then refill yeah. it up. Just don't break the seal. Yeah. Uh, coming up at 5 o'clock, Cody Tapp gets you started with Cody's pregame show. If you wanted an update on the Open, Shane Lowry leads at 16-under. Behind him is Tommy Fleetwood at 12-under, J.B. Holmes at 10-under, and then Brooks Kepka and Justin Rose both tied at 9-under as the final round begins tomorrow early in the morning. Uh, I would assume that those guys will probably tee off the top leaderboard probably around like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. They are starting a little bit earlier tomorrow because of the fact that there is uh, some weather headed towards the... Uh, yeah, big surprise. Yeah, shocker. Um, across the pond. But uh, weather hopefully not coming towards Cleveland tonight as the Royals will take on the Cleveland Indians tonight. Royals have called up Josh Stalmont and have DFA'd Willie Peralta. So, uh, Willie Peralta, gone. I thought this was interesting as Peyton Manning was on Peter King's podcast. Uh, he had some things to say about Mahomes. Even though Patrick Mahomes is such a different player than you were, you really loved not only watching his tape, but you were totally fascinated by the kind of player he is. Yeah, well, I think everybody is, and I'm no different. I mean, some of the throws that he's making, yeah, I don't think anybody's seen before, whether it's you know the kind of the no-look throws. I, mean, I think some of the sort of the – the ability to sprint left, throw back right. You know, he's got a little Elway in him. Elway was kind of famous for that. I mean, the Broncos actually started designing plays to sprint left and throw back right. Mahomes is still improvising. But what I like about him is that that he's, he's taking coaching. Andy Reid is going to coach the stew out of him. I like that for him and his future. I like head coaches calling the offensive plays because you know they're going to be there. They're not going to have right. a coordinator leave the next year and you got to learn this new system and it's kind of what Matt you know Ryan has had to deal with a little bit once Kyle Shanahan left and that's hard learning the new system so which that was Peyton Manning with Peter King which the most important thing I took from that is that Andy Reid is going to coach the stew out of Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. uh okay <laughs> yeah I don't really know what that means I think I get what he's talking about I value Peyton Manning's uh opinion as we wrap up this two o'clock hour before we get or one o'clock hour before we get to the two o'clock hour, which we will be joined by uh, Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports. Peyton Manning is a guy that is a lot like an Alex Gordon type, a lot like Eric Berry. When they talk, you when they talk, you just shut up and listen. Peyton Manning is a guy that will go down as one of the top quarterbacks to ever play the game. You heard Peter King in that audio cut say he's a different quarterback than you, but you still found things that found things that you liked. And Patrick Mahomes. And the quote is, I think that some of the throws he's making, I don't think anybody else has done before. The no-look throws, the ability to sprint left and throw back right, he's got a little bit of Elway in him. Elway was kind of famous for that. The Denver Broncos actually started assigning plays or designing plays to sprint left and throw back right. Mahomes is still improvising. 
Last year was year one of Patrick Mahomes as a full-time starter, and he threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. John Elway never did that. John Elway's won two Super Bowls. John Elway is famous for the drive. John Elway is famous for the helicopter dive that he just got absolutely obliterated with in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes already has four or five plays that a lot of people are going to remember in one year as a starter because he is exactly what Peyton Manning said. He's an improviser. He has a lot of improbability skills when it comes to playing quarterback in the NFL. And that is something that is going to come in huge for somebody like Patrick Mahomes. Because guess what, Nick Price? Guess what, Kansas City? Everybody has video on Patrick Mahomes now. Everyone knows what Patrick Mahomes is going to do when it comes to football. He's going to make you look foolish, and he's going to be able to improvise doing it. Last year he did that, and you look at the games that he got kind of caught on. You look at the New England Patriots game the first time they played him, and he went into the halftime and made adjustments. Came out, completely different quarterback in the second half. In fact, Jay Binkley's on record as saying that was the most improved game he'd ever seen Patrick Mahomes play, and that was his best game of the year. We'll fast forward to the AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes in the second half was a completely different quarterback than he was in the first half because he was able to look at what was being thrown at him and then improvise to the game. Damian Williams went off and caught three touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter. He had three total touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes is a new different type of quarterback that can do that. Like he said, there's a little bit of Elway in him. We're starting to understand why last year in the preseason, a lot of people were saying that Patrick Mahomes is a lot like Peyton Manning, John Elway, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cunningham. You kind of mold all those quarterbacks together, and you have that in Patrick Mahomes, which if that doesn't blow your socks off with awe and everything else, I don't know what better mold of a quarterback you could have. Maybe you could sprinkle some Michael Vick in there, but he doesn't have that speed, and he doesn't have that kind of juke ability, but he doesn't need that. He has the escape artist type of thing. He has the gigantic bazooka arm, and he has the ability to make things happen on the fly. That is something that has not really been seen a lot of in the NFL, if ever. And when Peyton Manning also says, what I like about him is that he's taking coaching, or when he's talking coaching, that Andy Reid is going to coach the stew out of him. I like that for him and his future. I like head coaches calling the offensive plays because you know they're going to be there. They're not going to have coordinator leave the next year, and you're going to learn some new system. That's kind of what Matt Ryan has had to deal with with a little bit once Kyle Shanahan left. It's hard learning the new systems. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator. Eric Bieniemy won't be in Patrick Mahomes' ear. Andy Reid will be. And I saw a message from the text line, how long are they going to let Andy Reid stick around if he wastes Mahomes' ability? Well, he hasn't yet. Mm -hmm. He got Mahomes to an AFC Championship game and was able to get Mahomes ready for the second half and make adjustments. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, like we said last segment, have the ability to dethrone the Patriots. And if they do, and it's time for the Patriots to ride away in the sunset with Belichick and Brady, then the new dynamic duo would be Andy Reid and Mahomes, and the run they could take off on could be absolutely astronomically crazy. One more thing that I want to say is that you talk about there being a lot more tape out there, but the big thing that Peyton was talking about was Mahomes' ability to improvise. There's no way to prepare for someone improvising. 
he's improvising to your game plan that you put out there. So that's all just reaction at that point. So that's like, that's the biggest thing that I see for Patrick Mahomes is that, yes, there is a lot more game tape. People are going to know what he can do. But the fact that the best part of his game is his ability to improvise when you have a plan to try to stop him and he just does something else, he does something crazy, throws it with his left hand, no look, whatever it be, that's the most that's the most dangerous thing that Patrick Mahomes can bring to the table. Yeah, it's just like the best stand-up comedians, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not comparing comedians and quarterbacks, or I'm not riding around in cars with comedians getting coffee, but I'm saying the best type of comedians are ones that can improvise on the fly. If they deliver a joke and it gets crickets from the crowd, they're either going to go one of two ways. Their stand-up routine is either ruined, or they can do what like Robin Williams did or Eddie Murphy did or what uh, Roddy Dangerfield could do. They can improvise on the fly and still make it somewhat enjoyable, just like Patrick Mahomes. You can sack him three times in the first half because you know that he's baiting to the right. He'll read that. He'll improvise, do something new. And with his talent, with his mind, and the way that he is polished as an athlete, who knows? Coming up next, an article was also written that the Chiefs should pass more after a year where their quarterback threw for 5,000 yards. Yeah, I don't disagree. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 